Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of New Vita Let's Talk. Uh, today we have uh, Rob Michaels, a director, a writer, a superhero known <laughs> as Habib also. But honestly, bro, thank you so much for taking the time to come, you know, sit with us in the team. Um, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, like where you're from um, and what got you into, like, you know, your career? Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, super happy to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, I uh, I am from, uh, my family's from Iraq, um, and I was born in Jordan and then moved here when I was two um, and just been in Toronto pretty much like ever since. Um, and yeah, like uh, my background, funny enough, is uh, I went to school for math and business, you know, being a good Arab boy. Uh, <laughs> I was planning on going to law school because that's what my parents wanted me to do. And then, uh, you know, halfway into like my five year program, um, I, uh, I realized that I really had a passion for film and TV. Um, and I thought it was just like this crazy dream that would never happen. Um, and then when I graduated, my program had all these co-op jobs that I would like, I would study, study and then work or yeah. whatever. Uh, and then when I graduated, I remember thinking like, oh, cool. Now I just get like a co-op job that never ends. Uh, <laughs> sounds awful. <Spooky>. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I just like decided to go for it when I graduated. Um, I got a job in finance, but I was starting to take classes at Second City uh, in the meantime. And uh, yeah, and then eventually things just kind of snowballed and I've been writing for TV. Uh, I've been directing, uh, I was going to say films film uh, <laughs> <laughs> directed one feature film directed a bunch of sketch comedy um and yeah i've just been doing uh d doing all of that that's crazy and i was gonna yeah. say out of like all the things you've mentioned like you know you've mentioned a lot of talents like which one started first was it the acting the directing the writing like what did you get your head into first it was writing it was like i remember i was watching the office uh and it was during exam time and i i was always looking forward to taking a food break and not studying so that I could watch a few episodes of The Office while I was eating. And then I remember uh, right at the, in the series finale, like right before the series finale, they had this, um, this, 40 minute special that was like behind the scenes of what it's like, you know, working at the office, like with interviews with the producers and the writers and the actors and showing all this behind the scenes footage. And, and I was like, this is the coolest job ever. And I thought like, man, people write this show, like this is such, this would be a dream job. And, and that's what made me want, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then I, I started taking, and I it was super basic and I read Tina Fey's book uh, and in her book she mentions because I was like oh I want to be Tina Fey I want to do SNL I want to be like I want to have my own show she wrote Mean Girls she like acts in acted in it um, star of 30 Rock wrote 30 Rock uh, created it and I was like oh that's what I would want to do so I read her book and, and she mentioned how she got started at Second City and uh, she started just taking improv classes and then everything kind of snowballed from there so that's that's what I did and then once I was taking classes, I was doing all these improv classes, I realized I also really enjoy performing. Um, writing was always like the main goal, but I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to like write and perform in the stuff that I write. Yeah. Uh, so then that's kind of how I started performing as well. And then when I started to create sketches online for, for the YouTube channel, um, 
I then got into directing because I was a control freak and I wanted to just be able to like really execute my vision and I had all these ideas and how I wanted them to look. Um, So then that's how I kind of fell into the directing as well. And and that's kind of natural in the industry. You kind of have to just do everything. Mm. And I would edit my own videos and learn how to edit as well, which really helps you as a writer because then you're like, you know, you realize when you're watching the edit, like the script that you wrote that you thought was so funny, like, you know, you, you're watching it after and you're like, this this is way too long. Like this, I need to cut like half of this, get to the point faster. And then that helps your writing. Yeah. Anyway, it's really good to like just kind of do everything and get experience in it. Yeah. And when you say that the YouTube channel, is that the Wishful Genius, right? How did, yeah. how did that start? Like when did you decide to, to create that and why is it called the Wishful Genius? Uh, so... Um, about a year into doing classes at Second City, um, I met my friends, uh, their names are Mike, yeah, I met my friends Mike and Jackson, and they have a uh, YouTube sketch channel called Trophy Husbands, and I was watching their videos and I was blown away by how funny they were, and they were very similar in the sense of like, they were high production value, like these really unique concepts, um, and and yeah, and then my friend Fatty uh, that I went to high school with, we were like the only people Um, We both had the same kind of realization of we both want to get into the entertainment industry, but we both went to school for something completely different. Um, And we were the only two, like, he's also Arab. So we're like, oh, we're the only two Arabs in the world (laughs) who who want to be comedians. This is crazy. So he was like, we should just start a sketch channel. And I'd I'd seen my friends, Mike and Jackson, make their sketch channel. I was like, oh, this is something we can do. Um, What year was this? This is 2016. 2017 okay, cool we released our first sketch in 2018 so we nice. started filming some stuff like in like november september yeah yeah around like september october november i don't remember when yeah, exactly yeah. but it was around that time it wouldn't have been september it would have been like october november uh we filmed two sketches we released them uh one of them we didn't release at all because uh, it was terrible <laughs> and then the second one uh we did release and the third one we released uh we released them in the new year in 2018 and we oh, we were thinking before sorry we were going back to um why we named it Wishful Genies, uh, well, because we're both Middle Eastern. We had this, like, silly, like, idea of, like, uh, I really like, you know, um, uh, paradoxes. Paradoxes, right? Or what's the word I'm looking for? Paradigm? No. Uh, not a, no. It's like opposites, but they're true. Or not, yeah, it's like a contradiction that's true. I want to say a word, but I feel like I'm completely wrong. Yeah. It's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh, it is. There really? you go, there you go. Let's go. Uh, I really like, I really like, I think oxymorons are just like comedic, mm. uh, inherently comedic. So I like the idea of genies because they are Middle Eastern and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then to be like a wishful genie, it's like, you know, you make magic, but you're still like wishing to get discovered. Yeah. So it's like this silly thing that not a single person in the world has ever come to that conclusion themselves. But that was like the meaning behind the name of the sketch channel. How long does it take you guys from like you make an idea to actually like pick that idea and then run it out? Um, so I think like sometimes I'll have like stupid ideas that I think are funny. And I just like have my notepad on my phone that I, I'll write down ideas. And then um, if I like go back to that idea a week later or two weeks later or like even months later sometimes like I'll go and I'll read through and I'll be like oh that's still funny I'll then try to turn that into like a sketch or like I'll have other ideas like I'll usually like write an idea and then I'll write bullet points underneath of like what else is funny about that and then I'll try to turn that into a sketch sometimes I could write a sketch in a day sometimes it takes me like a few days sometimes it'll you know well it usually doesn't take me longer than like two days but then I'll like tweak it for a week where I just keep going back and trying to make it funnier or like fix things or change the order of things and then I'll like um, send it to a couple of friends for feedback. Um, so all of that 
you know, give that a couple of weeks and then I'll message um, my team that we film stuff with, so like Fatty and also Kenzie, who is our cinematographer. Um, we He's always super busy because he's like working in the industry as well. So it's just a matter of his availability too. So sometimes we have to wait like a month until he's available so we could film something. Then when we go film it, it takes, yeah, it takes at least like a couple of weeks, even sometimes a month to like get everything ready where it's like costumes, finding a location, casting all the actors, um, you know, just like getting all of that set up then we show up on the day of we film it maybe it's a two-day shoot maybe it's a three-day shoot if there's like a lot of locations like the superhero one yeah um that was a four-day shoot and then um and then yeah and then we go into editing and sometimes uh you know might edit it in like a week uh we might edit it in like months uh yeah. it just depends on like our schedules it depends on how much work the edit is like some of our our videos are a little bit easier where it's just like a little bit back and forth we can cut that together it might take me like a full day or two days yeah. usually at least two days to like edit it and that'll be the rough edit and then we'll like go back and forth with like music or or the sound editing and fixing things up um yeah uh but then other times it's a lot more complicated because the edit is it's a more complicated sketch makes sense is, is this yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead. is this superhero one one that you're probably most proud of at this point yeah, I would say so, because uh, it was a beast. It took us like five months. That one took five months okay. um, to make from like when I wrote it in like September and we filmed it in November and then in more than five months. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, filmed it in November and then we edited it and it was ready by like the end of December. Like we had a rough cut by the end of December and then we had someone do VFX in, in January and then we had someone do the sound design in February. We were just at the mercy of all yeah. of our friends who were willing to do the work for free or for like a minimal budget yeah. so we needed to wait when until they were free um so that's why and then we finished the sound editing in february and then we released it like march 1st um and we actually had a scene that we cut the night before like oh, midnight the night before uh we had a scene that like we were like oh this isn't working like it just came to our attention that what like was this it? <laughs> so we had this scene initially uh, in the sketch that was like, it was at the very end of the sketch where um, it was, <laughs> I had to convince my parents to be in the sketch. Those are my real parents. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's, oh, that's amazing. That's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we were like, where are we going to find Middle Eastern actors that are in like, you know, their like 40s or 50s or 60s or whatever um, that would be willing to be in our sketch in the middle of like COVID and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I I just like begged my parents and then they were like you we didn't want you to be an actor you want us to act now like, <laughs> you, you lost your mind yeah. uh and i swear to god i had to it took me three days to convince them where like i was sitting with them for hours each day to try to convince them um where i would like i would show them clips of the office with mindy kaling's parents in yeah. the show being yeah. like that could be us i showed them clips <laughs> of Mas master of none same thing yeah. i was like those are his real parents yeah. um so then they were like okay with the idea like they were starting to warm up to it they were so worried about what other people would say like what are the arabs gonna say about us they're gonna think we're a joke like <laughs> you know we've, we've become actors like oh no that's so disgraceful and i was like like they just were so not they were so not on board and then what really convinced them was um i was like hey listen if you don't want to do it you don't want to do it but just know that you're like this could really help my career and you're not doing it because you're afraid of like what other people might say yeah. and that like that hurt them uh, they were like yeah. okay it's all right fine we'll do it yeah. they were like on the condition that your sister has to be in it too and i was like okay fuck <laughs> uh i guess i'll write a scene for her yeah. and then so i wrote this scene that was at the very end um 
she reveals that she has superpowers too. And my dad is like, women can't be superheroes. Like, get back <laughs> here, go make us tea. Because that is so true. Like, there's so much misogyny in the Arab culture. Um, oh, but then man. when we were showing it, it's truly like, People of color thought it was hilarious because yeah, they yeah, get it. Yeah, it is yeah, hilarious. It's just we showed yeah. so white people, so and white people were like, oh, no, we hate this. This like leaves yeah. such a bad taste in our mouths. And we're like, this is like the reality yeah. of Middle Eastern culture. We're trying to make fun of it. Yeah. Um, and then they were just like, they felt so uncomfortable with it that we were just like, let's just cut the scene and we'll make like, we'll do that kind of commentary on its own like we'll yeah. do like a female superhero sketch like where she's the focus we'll comment on that stuff on our own or whatever okay, yeah. so we cut that scene from the sketch and i think it it did help because i think like especially if it end if that sketch ended with like that kind of like a little bit of a negative like yeah. a lot of people maybe would have not felt comfortable and maybe like w wouldn't have shared it as much like mm -hmm. i don't know yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm it's crazy how like the little details count like you know yeah. like that that yeah. little thing could have shifted the how the whole thing looked a hundred percent yeah you never know how people are going to react so um, we just we played it safe even though we all thought it was like very funny my sister was so bummed too um but she was like i get it yeah yeah but yeah and how did you how did you even create that idea of, of the arab superhero um, habib yeah so basically what <laughs> happened was i was talking me and my buddy are big marvel marvel fans yeah. my buddy jonathan shabu uh he's such a funny dude met him at second city the only other iraqi i know that is doing comedy um that was at the time i've met like a couple since but um so he and i were just like shooting the shit about uh marvel and whatnot and um we were talking about how like, you know, he's got to get in shape because they keep coming because he's like more of an actor and I'm like more of the writer. Yeah. Uh, and I told him that he has to get in shape for like when Marvel eventually comes and wants to cast an Arab superhero because <laughs> they keep coming to Toronto. Like they cast Simulu from Toronto. They cast like Miss Marvel from Toronto. And I was like, Toronto's diverse. Like they're going to come to us when they need an Arab. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, well, like, why don't we just make our own Arab superhero? And I was like, yeah, bro, with what budget? Like, are you nuts? <laughs> um, and then I was like thinking about the idea later. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, man, like even if I did become a superhero, my parents would still prefer if I were a doctor. And that was the <laughs> idea that I was like, great. That's a, that's a comedy sketch. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we can't make our own Arab superhero, but we can do a comedy sketch about what an Arab superhero would struggle with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then I just like came up with a bunch of other jokes. And the reason I made it a trailer is because I kept coming up with jokes that were like in different scenarios. Yeah. And I was like, this won't all make sense in one scene. So I made it a trailer to make it like, to make sense that they were all these different scenes together. Please tell me there's a movie coming out. Oh man, like fingers crossed. That'd we're, be we're, crazy. we're trying to make it. Um, we've, you know, I, I can't talk too much yeah. about like what, kind of has come from it but we're, we're working on it yeah. we'll see if anything ever happens from it but i, think I feel like that'll blow man because like, i'm not gonna lie like we were watching and, like actually like genuine laughs like just like, that shit was funny i think that's a cool part about like what you do is like you try to make jokes about stuff that's so real that mm -hmm. people like try to ignore maybe or like it's right in front of you and it's like it's better to laugh about it and kind of like show everyone that's there right yeah, totally. And that was like a big thing too, or, or you know, we're, we're trying to like show production companies and networks, like look at the demand that's there. Like this, this is content that's never been done before. Like we, we haven't seen humor like this um, because these stories aren't ever being told. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, one day we'll get to see Habib on the big screen. Uh, I'd, love, I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> is it hard to like keep up with like comedy right now? Just cause like so much is like, I guess people are really 
I guess, judgmental with some of the stuff you put out, right? Or what you say. Because, like, with the culture of this whole woke stuff, right? It's like you could say something, people take it completely wrong, and then it's no longer a joke, but it was mm-hmm. said as a joke. Yeah, I think it's it's tough, and it's hard to know, um, like, how things are going to be received sometimes. You have to just be, like, hyper-conscious, I feel. There's some other comedians who, like, go the complete opposite way. They're like, I'm going to say whatever I want. I don't care. Excuse me. Uh, Schultz? Like, yeah. Pardon? Andrew Schultz? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, I don't know, I think it's maybe because I, like, have come up through the Second City that the Second City is so conscious with, like, all of the wokeness that that's kind of been ingrained in me. So I try... Like, I, I still make fun of things, but I'm always making sure that I'm punching up and, like, you know, making sure that down. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not punching down. Um, and, you know, but there are times, like, the the one thing that I will draw the line on is I'll, like, I, I'll make jokes about being Arab and, like, I don't care because, like, this was my experience. You know what I mean? Like, one time, like, someone was, like, oh, like, Arabs aren't always late. Like, that's a stereotype. And I was, like, yes, we are. <laughs> like, my life has been, like, oh, we have to be somewhere at 6 o'clock. And then at, like, 5.55, my dad's, like, all right, let's get ready. <laughs> like, literally, that's been my whole experience. So I'm, like, oh, I don't care about, like, making fun of Arab stereotypes because, like, they are true sometimes, right? Yeah. So, like, I think it's it's tough to say. Um, I I am pretty conscious about it's always like i don't know i think it may it's just like you want to make sure that you're still saying things uh and making a point but you want to make sure that the point is like not um yeah you're just like not punching down would, on would you say that comedy is like dynamic and not static like it does change with time and absolutely yeah like you can't go back like even going back and watching something like some of my favorite movies uh when i was growing up like like 40 year old virgin or something i haven't seen it in a long time but i imagine there's for sure jokes there that like probably don't hold up um or like even going back uh yeah like watching old comedies like even watching old second city shows where sometimes we have to do like we do archive scenes which are like old second city scenes you have to just like change them like there's a scene that's on the main stage right now called pictionary uh and it starts off with it was it was an old uh steve carell scene and uh the whole dynamic of it is like these the guys are fighting with like their the girls about like a board game yeah but like it was so much more aggressive the way it was before because like Mm. the joke back in the 90s was like oh i hate my wife like you know what i mean whereas like that doesn't fly anymore you know what i mean um so that's always like a concern. Yeah, comedy is always changing. Things yeah. are changing. You got to be conscious. Uh, a big thing is like writing better female characters. That was always a thing in the past too, where uh, that wasn't like it was always like men in writers' rooms and like women were just like in stuff to uh, be their girlfriends or moms. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like so it's, it's, it, yeah. it's always changing, and it's always good to be conscious of that. And some people complain that it's like woke, and I. I, I agree sometimes it's t- like the wokeness can be taken too far, but I think there is like a level of, you know, awareness that you should have yeah. around doing comedy. Like you can still be really funny and not offend people. For you sure. Know? For yeah. Sure. And um, I guess like let's dive into your first um, film you directed, you know, like the first film. H- how how was that whole experience? Um, it was wild. It was it was chaotic, but amazing at the same time. It was. Um, yeah, just like uh, I, w- I had a lot of imposter syndrome going into it, to be honest, because like I had done I had filmed sketches before, but I had never done a full feature film. And so when Can you touch on that, just because like I've experienced imposter syndrome as well, where I feel like like I'm not supposed to be in a room. Mm-hmm. I know I've done the work to be in that room, but like for some reason, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be there. Like, can you yeah. touch on that and, and like how you got, got over that, I guess? 
you get over by just like fake it till you make it like just act like you belong there uh you know don't hold back don't be shy like you know say your ideas even if they get uh you know shut down for whatever reason like especially like in writers rooms i had the same thing where like my first writers room ever uh you know just like you have to put yourself out there uh in order for you to have any sort of success and they teach you that at second city too like that was like a big thing that's instilled in you when you start taking classes is like when you're doing improv and that's like a great thing about improv is like just try things out if you fail who cares we're never going to see that scene again no one's judging just like make take risks mm -hmm. right yeah. um and make big choices and because the big choices are what's going to get you uh somewhere you yeah. know like it, it might lead to a great scene um or at least it's not going to lead it's going to lead to a not boring scene yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so yeah i think with with imposter syndrome um yeah i was like i was definitely nervous going into it but at the end of the day like i just did so much to prepare like i already had a bunch of experience for filming sketches that i didn't realize like how similar it actually was to going on a, on a film set mm -hmm. that it would be mostly the same just like now people are paid now i have a full team hired to support me as opposed to like doing wishful genie stuff where it was like me doing so much of the excuse me, like at the work of every department, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like we don't have the money to hire departments. Um, so we're doing like everything ourselves. Um, so it was great in that sense. And I think, yeah, just like I watched so many YouTube videos about directing and uh, even though like it was like a bunch of stuff that I already kind of knew innately, but then I was like putting like school terminology behind mm. some of the things that I already knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, learning like the reasoning, like before I would film sketches just based off of how I felt, but now I learned like the logic of like why you get certain shots. And I was like, it was already kind of there. Yeah, it was already there. Yeah. I was doing it innately, but now I know the reasoning like from a pure, you know, educational point of view or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I went into it a little nervous for sure, but you know, after the first day, I, I felt a lot better. Um, just like you have the day under your belt and you know, it is, it is what it is. You just have to make sure that you are making, yeah, like I, I gave some notes to the actors and then you start to see the scenes get better and then that makes yourself feel better. And then, it, you know, by default, like you assume that the rest of the crew is like starting to gain trust in you. Um, I like to imagine that they did <laughs> at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it's just you just got to like go in there and act like you belong and people will just assume that you belong. It's like, you know, uh, it's like the oldest trick in the book, like. You know, yeah. if you walk into a bar confidently, like they're not going to they're not going to assume that you don't want it like that. You can't be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, was there anything you kind of learned as a first time director that you didn't expect to kind of happen or. Um, I like I guess I just saw behind the scenes, like how the sausage is made in terms yeah. of like the like how producers think and how. um you know the process works literally from like the beginning to the end how long things take like they reached out to me to do this last november and we didn't film until like a year later mm -hmm. um and i think the script before that they had optioned it like a couple of years before that so like it takes a long time for things to get made um in terms of like yeah i guess i think i don't like there's not one specific thing where i was like oh this is like my one takeaway as a director it was more like um, I learned so much just from like seeing things like and you learn from every different show or sketch or movie that you do you learn different things because like the script is different and, like you'll you'll take something else away each time um, I was gonna say something else there was one other there's one thing that I did learn I don't remember 
No, no worries. Wasn't I was, important. I, I was gonna say like it seems like it's like there's so much things going on as a director, and so many things can go wrong. Like weather, yes, w- weather and all this. You know what I mean? Like how how did you right. adapt to the that? That was a big thing. Uh, rolling with the punches, just like going. You know, you try to plan as best as you can. Like there was like a day where we were supposed to be at a coffee shop the whole day, but then the next day was raining, and we were supposed to film some outdoor scenes in the but like we didn't want it to be raining. So we had to move those scenes to the coffee shop day. So we had to like rush through the coffee shop. Mm. And like, we didn't like not rush, like to the point where it's not good. Like we just had to be more efficient, be faster. Uh, So we got everything we needed. And like, we tried to get those outdoor shots on the same day. So you gotta have to just like roll with the punches in terms of, uh, yeah, what curveballs are getting thrown at you. And and the mistakes happen all the time. Like everyone makes mistakes and you kind of just have to like, try to keep like a cool energy on set and like because because as the dictator you're also like you're the captain of the ship and if you're stressed out then the crew is stressed out so you want to make sure that you are like and i tried my best to do this where it was like even when i was stressed out i'm still like trying to like make jokes and keep like the mood good because like that's how you make sure that the crew is like going to work for you when it comes down to crunch time um so yeah just like always being nice and respectful to the whole crew like just knowing everyone's names like just being a good person and like being someone that you would want to work with that's that's kind of how i approached it um and then yeah you just kind of like call audibles when you have to and and move stuff around if you have to on the day and uh you know producers hate that sometimes because you're not (laughs) following the schedule but like sometimes we have no choice uh, and it makes their lives more difficult but yeah um it's just a matter of like it's just it's always gonna there always it will be some chaos like there's no purely efficient perfect harmonious set you know what yeah. i mean like there's there's money on the line there's stress there's yeah being that leader and like that director um how do you keep yourself grounded you know what i mean like like uh, f- uh, like when you go home you know and you get away from all of it how do you, how do you stay grounded in um comedy <laughs> I, I make fun of things that i think are dumb <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know like i would go out with nima and sammy after uh the lead actors and we would all just shoot the shit around dinner after dinner um or sorry during dinner um we would just like shoot the shit about what the day was and like make fun of like you know silly things that happened and make jokes and like that's like really how we unwinded um yeah that was that was pretty much it and then like you know at the end of the day it is like it's one of those things where i think it's also just a a mindset of like it is what it is oh that was what i was gonna say earlier it was um don't be afraid to fight your battles. That's what I learned. Uh, and I was doing that with my own sketches because I was the boss of yeah. them. Like it was like up my script or whatever. Like, you know, it's it's my choice what to do. But then I thought because I was going into this film, that's like a production company has stakes in it, uh, that I would have to listen all the time. And I did listen a lot, but I when I disagreed with them, I spoke up about disagreeing and I, offered alternatives and I was like always like solution oriented where I was like okay well we can't do this for that reason I don't agree with doing this let's find a solution that works for both of us and don't be afraid to stand your ground if you if you believe in really strongly about something because I think that there are a lot of like decisions that can be made uh you know that that you you just want to be happy with the final movie that comes out and i know that there were some decisions that if i didn't stand by um it's just i didn't think that the movie would 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 be as strong as it could be um can you touch on a couple of those like key factor decisions yeah like i i think like 
you know, making sure that uh, casting is done right and, like, you know, making sure that you're casting, like, the right people for the right roles and, and making sure that, like, like I fought, I, uh, sorry, I, I, like, tried really hard um, when I was, like, casting it to make sure that, you know, I was casting a lot of people of color because obviously, like, white people have so much history of, like, being cast in all the roles and whatever so I really what I really liked about this script was that it was like a story about two Iranian cousins and like the main characters were Iranian and then like people around that as well I wanted like the supporting cast to have a lot of uh, diversity as well which the script did but I wanted to like just make sure that even in like the small roles here and there like we're casting like a lot of people of color um and uh yeah like there's there's that there was like small things of like uh, how do I can I say this without it being a spoiler like there's like uh, um, right at the beginning <laughs> of the movie um, our main character is looking at an apartment and he really wants this condo and um, one of like the things that production asked me was like can we do it uh, outside of the condo building like he's like oh this is the condo that I'm about to see I really like and I was like no that won't work because the audience won't be as invested as seeing him inside the condo like looking at like the kitchen and taking it all in being like wow this could be my place that I'm going to live in yeah. um, but producers are always trying to save money mm. so you know they were like can we do this outside can we and I like I had to fight really hard to be like no we need to do I had to volunteer my own condo oh really uh, yeah because wow. they, they, they were the budget wasn't there um so i was like i don't care like let's i will volunteer my own condo let's film it in there for free whatever um and then so we got that scene so like i i you know what i mean like you have to take those risks you have to take those risks i had like you know 30 strangers in my they weren't strangers they we did it was supposed to be at the beginning of the shoot but we ended up doing it at the end of the shoot um but i had like yeah 30 people inside my 650 square foot condo downtown (laughs) toronto but that shows so much passion though that you have towards all that you know like you had you didn't have to do that no, I didn't, you know I mean? but and, and I like, wanted the movie to be good. Exactly. <laughs> right? like, it has your name on it, like you said, so you want to make sure that you're represented good as well, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think, like, you know, we want to be rooting for this character, and I think, like, we need to see what he wants. And so, like, it's it was super important for me to have that, and so I, I made it work with whatever way that I could, you know? So. so where does all that passion come from? Like, I guess, like, what is your why for, like, what you're doing? Uh, man, I I wish it was like a deeper meaning of like, oh, when I was little, <laughs> blah, blah. I mean, I guess when I was little, I always wanted to like have my own TV show. And like I wanted like it was always something that I dreamed of doing. My parents were like, that's not a real job. Um, <laughs> and then I like didn't think about it. But I guess like getting into the industry now, like my motivation is just like I love to tell stories. I love to make people laugh. I think like the best. Yeah, like my my default state when I'm talking to people in, in everyday life or or if I'm like, um, you know, just, yeah, like if I'm out with people or if I'm, uh, I can't think of another example, whatever. <laughs> uh, literally, like whenever I'm out with people, like my default is I want to make people laugh. And I think that like, I want to, I love telling stories. And I think that my passion is doing that. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do a good job of it so like i don't want to tell a story that's half-assed i don't want to like i want people to care i want people to 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 laugh and also like but like feel good um or not even even if it doesn't feel good like i want them to like feel i want them to have like an emotional connection to the film um 
and yeah, like, I mean, the honest, the honest answer is that I got into the industry because I wanted to make people laugh, but like to, to film a feature, you got to do more than make people laugh. Like you have, you want to have a good story. Cause like, you know, comedy movies that are comedies that are just for the sake of comedy. Like it's not, that's not really a thing. People go to watch a comedy movie now cause they also want like a decent story. And then the comedy yeah. will come from that. You know, so I feel like that was like a really long answer and I didn't fully answer your simple no, question no, no, of what motivates you. It. But I think you covered it. Um, so like you said you like comedy a lot. Have you ever thought of like actually doing stand up or something like that? Yeah, for sure. I did stand up for about a month. Um, oh, really? Can you tell us about that a little? Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> it was when I was first starting out. Um, it was like I had started doing improv classes and I started doing some sketches and then I started doing stand up. And it was wild because I had I wrote like a five minute set and then I went and I did it at, at uh, the uh, the Rivoli and my first time ever. And then I remember the first half went pretty well and the second half I bombed. It was like terrible. And I was like, cool. And I had another show that the next week at Yuck Yucks. Uh, and Yuck Yucks is like a good crowd yeah. usually because it's a bigger name. So I, I rewrote the second half of that set and I took out the stuff that I didn't think landed. And it, and then I went and I did my second set at Yuck Yucks and I crushed. I, I was such an amazing feeling. It's truly yeah. like heroin. When you're on yeah. stage and you're telling jokes and the audience is laughing, it is like, like it's unbelievable it's yeah, an yeah. unreal feeling um and so i was like oh i'm an amazing stand-up i'm a prodigy like whatever <laughs> uh and so i started uh going to other open mics but the issue is that uh, most amateur mic people didn't know who i was yet right yeah. so i the only option of me performing was going to amateur um, open mic nights yep. and most of the time because no one knew me i would go i would sign up for this mic i would get bumped because yeah. I would end mm -hmm. up being like the last person to perform. It would be like one in the morning. Um, and I would be performing to like two other people in the audience that were both comedians that were also just waiting for their turn to go up. So they wouldn't like laugh at anything. Yeah. So it was like the high of like performing in front of like a big crowd at Yuck Yucks. And then like the low of performing at like one in the morning to two other comedians who are not laughing. At, like you're performing in silence, basically. They're not yeah. laughing at a thing that you're yeah. doing. It was just so like, I just, it was like so depressing. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm having so much more fun doing improv. I'm having so much f more fun doing sketch comedy. Uh, I'm also in the meantime, like learning how to write TV pilots. Cause like, that's a whole other thing that you can't really like go out and perform. You just gotta yeah. learn that skill and do that on your own time. So I was learning how to write TV pilots and writing sitcoms and whatnot. And I was doing all of that. And I was like, I can't add stand up. And I was also working, yeah. uh, you know, making a living. And I, I was like, I can't add stand up to all of these things because stand up, like, you got to go out and do that, like, almost every night as well to get good at it. And I was like, I can't do that. And also improv and sketch and TV writing. Like, I got to sacrifice something. So yeah. I sacrificed stand up because I felt that it was like the least, like, starting out in the open mic scene in Toronto is depressing. And I was like, that's the one I'm the least excited about yeah. right now. So I, I kind of sacrificed that. Um, I'm really happy with where I am at the, but to be completely honest, I think stand up, there's not much money in improv. Like it mm -hmm. does, there's no really, like if you get to the main stage of Second City, that's great, but like yeah. so yeah. few people make that. Yeah. Um, and then even once you finish the main stage, there isn't really anything other that you can do other than like TV writing and stuff. Yeah. Whereas with stand up, you can, you can take that anywhere in the world. You can do it on your own. Like with sketch comedy, I need a troupe. I need people yeah. doing yeah. stuff with me. With stand up, you can take that anywhere you want. You can perform anywhere you want. You can start to get real career opportunities. You can like open for celebrities and whatnot. Yeah. You can start to like have your own shows. Um, you can uh, record a comedy album and have that play on the radio. You can make yeah. a good living off of that. Stand up has like so much more 
potential for like revenue and stuff and then you can still get hired for the writing rooms and stuff is that yeah. something you see yourself maybe dabbling in again it i haven't ruled it out but it is one of those things where and the nice thing is that like now i'm known i'm more known yeah, in the community yeah, that like yeah. i could just message people being like can i do your show we'll be there yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's gonna be one of those things where i have to put in the hours now again yeah. to be good at stand-up like i have some comedic like i have comedic sensibility from all of my sketch and improv training but like stand-up is a different skill so now i have to like if i were to do that i'm kind of starting not from zero but i am starting from again, an earlier yeah, stage yeah. again. Um, so it's like, do I want to put in the time to start becoming good at stand-up when I maybe should be spending that time writing new scripts, like as a sample or like yeah. making new sketches, like whatever. So it's kind of tough, um, but it is something that I've, I've thought about. I haven't made a decision yet yeah. as to whether I will. Maybe once I have like a bunch of free time, I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna dive into stand-up now. Okay. We'll see. How, how did you make that connection with uh, writing for the TV series? Um, so my first ever TV writing job came from, uh, from meeting someone at Second City. Funny enough, uh, I was working as an intern here and I was like, you know, just, uh, getting any job I possibly could. And I was, I was working as, uh, someone who worked in the office. I was working as their assistant and it was like such an unnecessary job. I was like <laughs> printing papers and taping them to walls. It was like an, anyone could do this job. It was so not like yeah there's not much to it yeah. but i i worked really hard and i made sure that like i was always on top of everything and my boss really liked me and my boss like was asking me she was like yeah like what do you want to do with your like why are you here like what are your aspirations and i was like oh i want to be a tv writer um my favorite show was the office blah 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 like this is like my dream and she was like oh my cousin wrote on the office and i was like <laughs> okay small world uh yeah she was like i'll introduce you to him one day so i was like great uh you know like fast forward six months or whatever the second city we have a, a holiday party at the second city and um then she pulls me aside and she's like hey my cousin is here let me introduce you and so she introduces me to anthony farrell who is one of the writers on the office for season five or whatever um and uh yeah i think yeah i think it was season five anyway it doesn't matter yeah anthony farrell who is a writer on the office and um he basically we got to know each other and we like you know uh shot the shit for like an hour yeah. maybe two hours like at the party uh and then by the end of it he was like send me one of your scripts like i'd love wow. to take a look at uh what you've done um so i i did i got his email i sent him some of my sketches and i sent him some of my uh, one of my scripts and he responded being like hey love your sketches they're super funny um give me like a month to review the script and i'll get back to you month goes by he he emails me back he's like yeah this is a great script here are some notes that i have on it uh fix that up and like send it back to me and then i'm like i'm gonna be staffing for my own show uh down the road so i did all of that fixed the script up based on all of his notes sent it back to him he was like great love it i'll reach out in the summer summer comes and goes i didn't hear from him i followed up he's like yeah things got postponed um i'll keep you posted like when things come up again he reaches out to me in like november for uh to interview for his writer's room and i was like oh my god amazing and i go in for the interview and uh he's like yeah we'll let you know by the new year and then the new year comes around and then, like delays you know i've just yeah. been saying it takes yeah, yeah, so yeah. long <laughs> to make stuff sometimes excuse me i run into him in march 
Uh, and he was like, yeah, we're going to find out next week whether we get the green light or not. Uh, I was like, amazing. This was March of 2020. <laughs> Damn. Oh. So. Liter- literally, that's when it happened. Though. Literally. And oh then my. and then they went forward with the writer's room. And then I didn't get asked to join the writer's room. Like, they went forward way later. And I didn't get asked for that one. I don't know if it was, like, if he just wasn't going to hire me or if, like, maybe the, the budget was affected. No idea what happened. Um, but uh, he then reached out to me, like, six months after that. Uh, in September of 2020 to hire me for a different show that he was doing. Mm. And he hired me for a week, which was great because then I was like, oh, cool. Like he did still like me enough to like hire me or give me a shot for something, um, even if I wasn't a fit for his first room. Mm. Um, But yeah, then he he hired me for that room. And uh, then I that was like in September of 2020. And I was like, I'm a TV writer now. like whatever. (laughs) And then like no jobs came my way, like nothing else after that. Uh, So then I kept releasing sketches and we released Habib. And then Habib fully changed my life. Like Mm. everything changed after that. Um, The Anthony reached out to me. Uh, he saw. He was like, I just saw Habib. That was so funny. Um, I just put your name forward for a writing job, like that. My friends are looking for someone to like be a script coordinator on Roast Battle, and I was like, Oh my god, amazing! And then I got that job through Anthony's connection. And then what else happened was uh, these producers saw Habib, and they were like, We want to turn this into a TV show, like blah, blah blah. So they optioned my script, and then that production company ended up making the show children ruin everything so i got hired they were so impressed with the script that i wrote for habib that they hired me to write on children ruin everything and then i was writing on roast battle uh, sorry i was a script coordinator on roast battle which is like a writing assistant kind of thing but i pitched a bunch of jokes in the second season that got into the show that they gave me a writing credit and the third season i got brought back as just a writer which was awesome yeah that's crazy um yeah but like that habib video like changed everything for me like that's what got me, you know, through the door. And then the producers were like, well, what scripts do you have? Or like, what jokes can you make? And then I was like, well, here are jokes, here are scripts, whatever. And then I ended up actually like getting writing work out of it, which was awesome. That's sweet. Well, how was like the, the roast uh, battle? Like how that kind of, like writing for that, is it hard to make these jokes or like? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a different, it's sometimes hard and sometimes not. It just really depends. I think like it gets hard the longer you do it because like, you've run out of material. It's like I've made so many jokes about Russell Peters, you know, doing his Indian accent. Like I've done, I've, I don't know what else to make fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just, it, it gets hard. But at the beginning, it's like fun because you have like a bunch of new material that you can work with like it's been a year since the last time you wrote so like so many jokes of like world events that you can make fun of or whatever um and then yeah like it is it is a different skill though because it's not like in a writer's room where you're like for children and everything for example you're in the writer's room and you are like pitching story ideas and then it's like okay then this happens and then that happens so it's like a whole collaborative experience whereas with roast battle it was very much like okay everyone go off write jokes we'll come back for an hour at the end of each day we'll pitch all of our jokes and we'll see what gets in. You know what I mean? It was like very individual. Uh, then we would come together. So roast battle is when you're like roasting one individual, right? Sorry. You know it. So the way roast battle works is um, they get uh, they start off with like the host, and he starts off with a monologue that's like roast battle is like this, and roast battle is like that. Um, and then he just makes a bunch of jokes, and then he makes fun of all the judges, and the judges 
roast you know the host Ennis yeah. back um, they roast him and then they go back and forth and then Ennis introduces two comedians two comedians come out the two comedians roast each other like and then the do judges, they know that they're battling each other beforehand or? they do yeah oh, they do. because they have to write jokes about oh, each other okay, okay. so they have that time so then. they know the matchups yeah, yeah. and then they write they make jokes about each other and then the judges will decide who wins yeah so that's basically the format so it's okay I thought it was like an improv thing I was gonna say let's roast no. coca right now let's <laughs> what, what are some jokes you can get on coca <laughs> But I mean, imp- we usually have time to to write those jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you put me on the plans. spot. He has a plan, so. Yeah, you know, you know, I love you though. Well, that's kind of <laughs> weird, but um, working on uh, children and everything. How was that? Uh, I mean, it was it was a cool experience. Like that was my first like proper narrative writers room. Um, everyone in the writers room is so funny. Um. Uh, and and yeah, it was interesting as well joining like in the second season because they had done the first season without me. Yeah. Then you're coming in season two, and it's not imposter syndrome of like I don't belong here, but it is a little bit of like, oh, they don't know me yet, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, why is this person here? Like, what made him good enough to join this room? This is all in my head. This is yeah, not yeah, like yeah, how, yeah. like yeah. they were so nice and welcoming, but in your head, you're like, oh, I need to prove that I was good enough to be hired for, for sure. like season two. Um, so. That's how I felt a little bit. But then, like, yeah, you make a couple of jokes, you get people to laugh, and then they warm up to you. And then, like, you know, then you become, like, part of the family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, pretty much – it was it was a good experience. Like, everyone's super funny. And uh, I got to write, like, two episodes. Um, oh, one was co-written with someone else, and one was, like, by myself, which was awesome. So, yeah. Nice. Well, I guess uh, what are a couple things that you're looking forward to in the next couple years? Like, what are your next, like, goals? I know it's kind of cliche, but, like, what are you yeah. looking forward to? Uh, I mean, I would love to uh, – I'm hoping to move to L.A. in the very near future. Cool. Um, I would love to write for, like, cool TV shows, like, that I am a, already a fan of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, with um, with a lot of things, like, in the Canadian industry. I do watch some Canadian shows, but there's a lot of shows that, like, I'll, like, hear about the show, and then I'll, like, watch it so that I could – be considered for the opportunity whereas mm-hmm. like i would love to write for a show that i already know that i would love to like you know what i mean like if it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah. Yeah. wanted to hire me as a writer like that would be my dream yeah. uh or like if i got hired to like write on a marvel show like that would be unreal yeah. um and then obviously i want to make my own shows like i want to create you know my own sitcom and and um yeah like get to be in it and get to like have some fun cameos and stuff like that would be the dream i feel like you kind of need to have some sort of like business entrepreneurial self in you to be taking on the challenges that you're taking like running a team and like being creative and like um was that always part of you or do you feel like you had to grow into that business person or <laughs> no i think it was always a part of me and uh i get a lot of it from my dad my dad is like a workaholic and he's so like he owned his own business mm-hmm. uh for for so like for i don't know 20 years um so i think i have a lot of those qualities just like innately and i think like, i kind of mentioned that i'm a little bit of a control freak um but i think it is like um one of those things that does i think you could probably grow into it i don't know like i'm i mean you do grow into certain things like i there were a lot especially in the film industry like i didn't know a lot i didn't go to film school i just learned by doing so you do grow into like being more competent and being better at things but yeah there are like at the end of the day it's such a difficult industry and if you're not like what you said like if you're not grinding and like putting together all of these things that like require a whole team or like whatever um it just like it's just so much harder to break in so you kind of have to really really like i kind of sacrificed a lot of my social life and um like my first four years of trying to break into the industry like all i did was was write or perform or like working at second city or whatever i was doing like i 
my a lot of my friends from like high school and university were like like didn't see me for four years basically um yeah like i fully just like lived and breathed isn't it kind of crazy how like you're the only one who sees those four years of like not being like you know like not being able to go with your friends but just grinding like you know what i mean like a lot of people i feel like they just see the success like the end part of it right 100 percent. yeah it's like oh who's this new person that just blew yeah. up like they blew up overnight and it's like no they didn't blow up overnight they've been they've been secretly putting in the work not yeah. secretly but they've been like grinding. low-key putting in all the work like without anyone's knowledge or like you know whatever it is um not to like the the big public's knowledge um yeah they've been grinding they've been doing their thing and then they when they do blow up it's because they had that opportunity they were ready for it and then like they took advantage of that and then like like i don't yeah. know if it's just me but i feel like um nowadays like in this time like people think like the hard work is gone you know like you can get things so quickly or like with social media that's and like you know is, like yeah. people think they could get famous like like asap but like you got to put in the work and like that i feel like that's not appreciated as much it's that instant satisfaction that you can get just mm-hmm. from like just getting a like or something like that i think we also try to apply that to our lives where it's like give me this now and then mm-hmm. you don't want to reap the the success of actually getting there through skill or like hard work yeah 100 yeah, percent. i think it's like yeah we're so accustomed to instant gratification but it is like one of those things where i think if you let's say you put out one sketch and it went viral and you're like now an overnight hit, chances are if you haven't been putting in that work before, you're not gonna be able to sustain that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you have been putting in the work and then you blow up, like someone like Nima who had been putting in videos, like he'd been making all these videos and then he eventually blew up and then he kept doing it because he like already learned. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he he's now opening for Russell Peters but he's doing stand up for like seven years before, you know what I mean? Hustling. Like I was putting in, this is my sixth year of doing stuff and like yeah people are like oh my god like you blew up this year and i'm like yeah but i was like grinding yeah yeah i didn't see my friends for four years (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. uh you know so yeah i guess um for someone um someone younger who wants to break into like the entertainment industry what would be your top three pieces of advice to give that person um one just like just do things just just never think like you know if you want to if you're if you've always wanted to do stand-up just go out and do it don't always think like oh you know i gotta wait for like the perfect material or whatever like just go out of your way and do it and then learn from it and then just keep doing it um number two make things i think making things is like the best way to get discovered uh even as an if you only want to be an actor like there's just like a million actors right like you're you're there's two options for you one you could like wait and knock at the door and wait for someone to open it. Hopefully, maybe they'll never open it for you. Or you could bang the door down and go in yourself. And I thought <laughs> that by like making my own stuff that was undeniably funny, that was like good quality, good content, I could prove like, oh, I'm gonna be helpful to your, I can make you good content. So it's gonna be enticing for production companies to like take a chance on me and hire me. Cause like, it's not really taking a chance cause they've seen the work that I've done. Like I've written good stuff, I've produced good stuff um you know it's getting views or whatever it is so uh yeah you're kind of like not giving them a choice you're Mm -hmm. making them notice you um and then number three what's number three uh take risks i think that kind of they all kind of go together like just do it and make stuff and take risks take risks yeah Yeah. like uh, so many i hear this all the time where people are like, oh my God, it's so cool that you broke into the, in- like that you that you just left everything behind and like got into entertainment. I've always wanted to do comedy. And it's like, well then just, just do it. Just try, like go and take one class. Like you don't have to go out and just like, you know, perform stand up right away, but like take a stand up class that will teach you how to be good at it. 
and then you know you're not gonna be an expert but like by the end of the seven weeks you'll have a set and you'll have a performance that you can do or whatever um and if you don't take it's it's in every field if you don't take risks if you want to start a business you have to just do it and take that risk and it might fail and you learn from it and do something else next time you take those lessons um or you know you might be successful that's the only way to know is to just take the risk and do it I feel like there's so many talented people out there, man, who just aren't taking that risk. And it's, and it's sad to see. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, in my network, I feel like I know so many people, if they actually just did it and just said, fuck it, and took that risk, they could make something out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. What do you think keeps us there? Um, being comfortable, honestly. I 100%. think it's just, like, it's even, too, like, I can say for myself, like, where I'm working, it keeps me really comfortable with, like, not making these crazy decisions or, like, mm-hmm. going above and beyond sometimes. Like, even, like, the podcast, right? Uh, this is now us taking it serious where I'm like, you know, my job, it's nice, but I'd sacrifice it to do this any day. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to like, you have to be uncomfortable so that you can actually be successful in a way. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only way that you can grow. Just get out of your comfort Bang. zone. Bang. And you, and you don't need to like, you know, drop everything. And like, like what I did was like, I kept my finance job and I started doing comedy at night Yeah. until eventually I was able to like fully get into comedy. But yeah you can do that you can just like try things like take the risk and you know yeah you don't have to like fully go into like being financially uncomfortable yeah uh you know keep doing what you're doing but try to find the time to like take that risk that's like something new and something different and then you never know where it'll lead and like there's so many things you could try too like you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people if you're not happy in the situation that you're in try this if that doesn't work try that if that doesn't work try this yeah. you know what i mean like it's just like wh- why do you think like you just try one thing if that fails you stop yeah, and even what he said, it's like, it doesn't have to happen overnight. If you, like, just do it once over and over and over, you'll get there one day, right? I swear the KFC man said KFC when he was, like, 70. There you go. Or something like that, yeah. right? I don't know. Maybe. I swear, bro. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying, yeah. I, like, I have no idea. But, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, man, that, you know, like, the you know kernel, what? bro. I'm just not going to say because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Um, I guess um, we're sort of, you know, like, running out of time here. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to, like, promote or anything you want to let our audience know before, uh, you know, we wrap it up Plug here? in anything? Any plugins? Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you want to check out my sketch channel, Wishful Genies, uh, we actually do have a couple of new sketches coming out that I had some time to, to work on. Um, check out the film. I was going to say the title. We don't know what the title of the film is going to be. It's currently called Car- Harbor House, but it probably is going to change. Um, but check out the film directed by Rob Michaels, starring Nima Nazuri and Sammy Azera. Um, legends 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 uh also i swear i think sammy's the main starring sammy azero and nima nazuri uh, yeah and uh that's pretty much it um yeah i think that's that's, that's awesome we'll make sure to add all the information you know on the screen or in the bios but like honestly yeah. we'll be there. We'll thank you there. so much for taking the time and this is a beautiful place second city i've never been in here but when i walked in i was like holy this Amazing. shit's serious and we got here too like what it was ma- finished three days ago you said yeah they so just like, opened this new location yeah, so it's, uh, awesome. it's a gorgeous theater yeah take classes at the second city if you want uh that's how i got my start maybe they'll run um, into you it's a little free advertising yeah. uh, for <laughs> them shout outs to them for letting us use their space yeah, yeah. of course um yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it um awesome. yeah and and you know follow me on instagram if you want to see some Good stupid comedy. posts <laughs> here and there awesome. uh yeah yeah sweet make sure you uh like comment and subscribe and thanks for everyone who uh watched the whole video cheers peace peace, peace.